Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Bam! Yo! Good morning on a Friday from New York City. Keyshawn, J. Will, Zubin, presented by Progressive Insurance. All guests join us on the Goodyear Hotline. Alan Hahn with Key here with you and... With the blue men. Yeah. We did not plan this, but I think it matches. It looks good. How <laughs> we go uniforms? That'd be nice. All I know is I'm comfortable. Look like a Vegas show. And you... <laughs> And you are definitely influencing me more and more every day that I work with you because comfort is everything. I'm that guy that wears a suit all the time on the air, so this kind of feels good. Yeah, I don't, I don't want you wearing suits at 6 a.m. in the morning. No, it's tough to wear suits at 6 a.m., but still. But you know what, though? Man, what's, what is going on? Like, How do you feel about what's happening right now with the Yankees-Red Sox game gets postponed Castle, last postponed. night? Coming out of the All-Star break, you got six Yankees now in the protocol. You had two players off USA Basketball. Bradley Beal probably won't go to Olympics again because of this. Um, we're seeing – there's more people – a lot of people are vaccinated, but a lot of people aren't. Is COVID coming back? Like, what's, what's – are you concerned? I'm not a doctor. I'm, I'm kind of feeling like, – come on, you don't have to be if you read headlines. I'm kind of feeling like, are we heading back the wrong way all of a sudden? You know, just when you thought it was safe? Please don't say that. I, I don't want to say it, but how can you not – Think it when this is what we're seeing. How could you not think it? Uh, Already canceling again. How could you not think it? That's all I'm saying. But 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 maybe Freaking those out, individuals man. are not vaccinated, and you know, actually, there are players who are. But I'm saying there are players who are, but then the ones that they had to put in the protocol, maybe they're not. Man, I, is I what I'm know. saying. Because yeah. everybody everybody is not vaccinated. Some people chose choose not to do it because they have whatever beliefs sure. they have, and yeah. that's their right. And then there's others that are. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, guess I just what, thought, I don't, I don't want to. We'll talk to Buster only later in the show. I'm not trying to be a wet blanket on a Friday morning. I'm just saying it's like, you know, when we talk, you know, we're in the midst What's of talking sports. What happens when you take a wet blanket, you put it on a fire? I've never tried that. Puts the fire out. Is that right? I've mm-hmm. never, I'm not, I wasn't that bad as a kid <laughs> to do that. The point is, is that it just, you know, like you, you, it just take, takes the fun out of it. That's all. But the point is, is that it's just something that is that was heavily on my mind as, and we'll talk to Buster only later on the show about last night's game. It was supposed to be um, on ESPN last night, you know, Red Sox, Yankees to begin the second half of the baseball season. And suddenly you don't have a game and all this stuff's going on. And wait a minute, why, yeah. why is this coming back in our world again? But guess what, Bradley, though? Bradley Beal. We still got sports. We, well, we have the NBA Finals, which yes. is tomorrow, another day of that. We've got, we're getting closer and closer to... NFL training camps. That's smell also it. five days away. Mm-hmm. I can smell so it. Five, four, or five. Next it's close. So it's next week. Yeah. All right. Well, let's start today. Brought to you by Indeed. Hiring. Find. Uh, start finding the right people right away. Visit Indeed.com/slash <laughs> credit. I'm good. I'm good. I just like I said. I got this 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 mask sitting here right here, and I'm saying to myself, "Are you back in my life again?" You're all right. Three hours, 57 minutes. Let's go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Well, maybe <laughs> that's why yet. I'm a little bit, but maybe that's why I'm anxious about it because going away on vacation, going around the country does make you now think like, wait a minute, you know, is this thing back in my life? That's all. That's all I'm saying. But still in our lives, NBA finals. We talked about how game four was supposed to be a Devin Booker game. It was. They didn't win, but he played great. I lights out. He did Devin Booker things. I mean, that's what he did. Is game five Chris Paul's game? Uh, I, I, you want to see a better game from Chris Paul clearly than you yes. did from 
game three and four. There's no question about it. And I think you will. I think for whatever, if it's a, if it's a nagging injury here, he's had two days to kind of get some treatment, relax, settle things down. If it was the environment, even though he's been 16 years, sometimes it doesn't matter. That not in that stomach, certain things, you're so close, you get nervous. Anything, you start pressing, all sorts of stuff. Now he's at home. They're at home. <clears throat> They're going back to Phoenix to to try to get one up on Milwaukee. And I think he – I understand, and I think Chris Paul understands the importance of playing well in game five because you don't want to – you don't want to play bad, lose this game, and have to go back to Milwaukee and deal face with that whole, yeah. whole situation and face elimination because the moment that somebody gets a win on the road – it's probably going to be a wrap. The three games left, obviously tied at two, right? Winning on the road for the Bucks is going to have to happen if they're going to win this series. So that's what makes game five uh, critical, certainly for them to get that road win. But Chris Paul talked about it. He had five turnovers. He did not shoot the ball. It was five of 13 from the field. Oh, he, didn't, he missed both of his threes. He did have seven assists, but it was the five turnovers out of the team 17 that bothered him the most. And he talked about now, okay, series heads back to Phoenix. They just lost two in a row. Here's Chris Paul and what needs to happen in order for them to be prepared for the next game. You know, you can't just bank on the fact that you got home court. You got to go out there and play the game. You know what I'm saying? You got to go out there and execute. So um, we'll do that. We'll do that. We we tend to respond well, um, but it's easy. We know what we got to do. We know what we got to do. Um, be be better. Be better. Well, for him, obviously, it's it's that was a struggle. That game four for him. Concerns about his injury. We'll get to that in a moment. But as I mentioned, Devin Booker with the 42 points in Game 4. Great bounce back from Game 3. And he was in the zone in Game 4 of the NBA Finals. Get in the zone. Brought to you by AutoZone. Get in the zone. AutoZone. So, Monty Williams did talk about Chris Paul's health. Or at least was asked about it. Now, you don't expect the coach to reveal much now. Like Kawhi Leonard. Remember during that series? Ah, oh, it's a sprained knee. Well, they, Every they, day it was like sprain knee, sprain knee, sprain knee. Then afterwards you find out it was a torn ACL. Well, it was partially torn. Every hey, doctor – A partial tear is still a tear. Well, every doctor describes something different, though. Yeah. Some people say sprain knee. Some people say a little tear. Yeah. You're not supposed to reveal medical information. That was one of the worst things that when I was playing football that somebody would reveal the medical information about a player just because you got to put him on a list because he got a little bit of treatment. Mm-hmm. Like – no, I'm not telling you what's wrong with me. Because you don't want anybody to know. I just but, don't but want he wasn't coming people back. to know. Yeah, but he wasn't coming back. But the point I'm making is, though, is other people, you kind of like were shooting down my theory that the, the ligament damage that they talked about going into the series, because I know he had a great game one, and he actually had a really good second half game two. Yeah. But the way he was handling the basketball in game four – that didn't look like a guy that was confident handling the basketball and also not confident shooting it. And the, and the ligament damage on the shooting hand. Others have brought this up all yesterday. That's all, all a lot of people well, were talking about. because you started it early in the morning. Sure. So the point is, I think there's something with the wrist now, or the, I think it's the hand or the wrist, the ligaments. He had two days off between games. We'll see if maybe some treatment will make that better. But Monty Williams was asked about Chris Paul's health when it comes to all the various injuries he's dealt with during the playoffs. He's fine. Um, you know, great players have games like that. Uh, we expect him to, to bounce back. Um, you know, he had five, uh, but we had 17, and they scored 24 points. You know what I mean? That that was pretty much the game right there. And then you double that up with the offensive rebounding. So it wasn't just Chris. Um, as a team tonight, we got to take better care of the ball. See, the reason I 
poo-poo on things that you say about the injury. I'm watching the highlights mm-hmm. on ESPN2, and I'm watching him make passes. has nothing to do with handling of the basketball. He's in the corner in a panic situation. The defender slides where he's throwing the ball because he reacted faster than Chris Paul. I don't think that that has anything with handling the basketball. He's at the top of the three-point line. He goes to pass over the uh, pass across court. His teammate isn't where he thought he was going to be. That doesn't look like anything wrong with the wrist. Just just didn't. I mean, I do think, though, you make decisions. Like, if he was more aggressive in attacking, like we saw him earlier in the series, you're confident. But if he's hesitant and holding up, that's when that stuff can happen. It's like a quarterback. Well, you get the same you, thing. You, you Once the timing's feel, off, a guy's. A, but you got to get your feel. I've been in situations in games where I'm like, man, I really, I probably should have gone this way for two more yards. But damn, I stepped out of bounds. And then I come back later on, and I become more aggressive. So you think we should give more credit to the Bucks for what they so. did defensively against them? I think them? so. All right, we shall see. Because they looked like they were crowding pretty good. We're not going to know until after the series whether or not this this thing was an issue, but we'll see in Game 5 if he can bounce back. By the way, coverage of Game 5 NBA Finals, it does begin tomorrow, 8 p.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio and on TV on ABC. And, yes, the NBA Finals are on ESPN Radio. Tune in tomorrow night, Game 5, Suns, Bucks, presented by Indeed. As I mentioned, coverage begins 8 p.m. Eastern on most ESPN Radio stations. Coming up next... Cam Newton and his outlook for this season. Hear what he told us yesterday. It was a very compelling interview. If you missed it, we'll play some of the highlights for you coming up next after Key tells us about Granger. For the ones who get it done, Granger is always there to help. Granger offers solutions for every industry along with supplies, 24 7 support, free access to product specialists, and experienced staff at over 250 local branches. Plus, Their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people even safer. That's what I'm talking about. Call 1-800-GRANGER, click Granger.com, or just simply stop by. Cam Newton will live up to the expectations. This is why Bill Belichick went out and loaded the deck. I guess it's now time for me to to uphold my end of the bargain, doing everything that I, I know I'm capable of doing. This is Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin. It's demon time on Prize Picks, where you can now win up to 100 times your money. That's right, 100 times your money. With as little as four correct picks, you can turn $10 into $1,000. Demons and goblins are the newest and most exciting way to play at Prize Picks. Squares marked with red demons or green goblins get you different payouts. And as always, Prize Picks is really simple to play. You can make your picks and submit your entry in less than 60 seconds. They even offer injury insurance so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. Quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and stats types are what make prize picks the number one daily fantasy sports app go to prizepicks.com morning and use code morning for a first deposit match up to 100 that's prizepicks.com morning code morning for a first deposit match up to 100 prize picks pick more pick less it's that easy passion drive and patience What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. 
from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. I'm Newton getting ready for season two with the New England Patriots. It's time for Straight Talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. Cam joined us yesterday on the show, and Key asked him about his health and how he feels his shoulder. And he also used an SAT word. See if you can spot it. Now that you're saying, you know, you're a little more comfortable with the situation, knowing that you didn't really have an offseason at all, the training camp was truncated, and you went through some stuff on the second half of the season from a COVID standpoint, how are you feeling right now? How's the shoulder feeling? Everything's good. I'm healthy. Um, You know, I'm lean. I'm trying to, you know, do all the things that I can do at this particular point, you know, and I think in the off season, you know, everybody's confident, everybody's, you know, exuberant about, you know, the, the, the possibilities of the year and, you know, I'm no different. So right now I want to do the things that I know I can control. I don't want to do the things that I know I have, you know, the capabilities to, to, to better myself. And that's working out daily, working on diet and then nutrition uh, staying in the book, you know, making the proper necessary, uh, you know, things that, you know, can benefit me in the long run. With all the negativity, obviously, you know, and I know you didn't play well from a passing mm-hmm. standpoint toward the end of the season last year and so much negativity about what you were at the quarterback spot. But the New England Patriots, Bill Belichick, Josh McDaniel, and Mr. Kraft certainly felt that that wasn't the case. They offered you a one-year deal. You took it. Why not? Why not test free agency uh, and give yourself another opportunity with another team at that time? No, it's not. It's not even about you know testing or doing certain things. It's just knowing it's a standard, right? And you know, for me, you know, the Patriots organization has been you know impeccable. You know, with the also with the addition of uh, you know Patricia, you know, he's been great as well. You know, just so my time has been there has just been, you know, everything I could have asked for. You know, it's, I guess it's now, you know, time for me to, to uphold my end of the bargain through and through and, you know, doing everything that I, I know I'm capable of doing and staying all in my wheelhouse. So I think that's what it comes down to, you know, as far as the expectations from, you know, what I've expected from Bill and, you know, Josh and those guys, they've been excellent. And, um, you know, we're just going to keep pushing forward. One thing we've we've noticed with uh, Bill Belichick when he talks about you, I mean, he, he raves about you. I mean, he's always uh, extremely positive about you and what he expects from you, what he thinks you can still do in this game. Um, what is your relationship like with him now that you've gotten that full uh, a season with him and off season with him? Can you describe what that relationship is like and what you know about him? I mean, it's pretty much cut and dry, straightforward. You know, Dollar Bill is a person who he's a straight shooter. His expectations are what they are, and they're not—they're not this unrealistic 
you know, achievement that, you know, everybody would expect. It's all about preparation. It's all about, you know, doing the things that that you are capable of doing and holding yourself up to that standard each and every day, each and every practice, each and every meeting. And that's all you can ask from a head coach. And, you know, it trickles down from everybody else, you know, from the top of the, from the top of the head to the, to, to, to everybody that's in the locker room. So, you know, if you got a guy that's, that's, you know, intertwined with everything that's moving forward, just like, you know, coach Bill is, you know, everybody else, you know, kind of beats to the same drum. Cam, you, this offseason, they spent $200-plus million to go out and get, you know, a bunch of weapons for you, whether it's Nelson Aguilar, whether it's Kendrick Bourne, the tight ends, they drafted running back, bringing back White in the backfield, all the different things. But yet and still, they went out and drafted a quarterback in Mac Jones. Did, did you know at all, did you have any communications throughout the process that, the Patriots would select a quarterback in the first round? I mean, you know, I mean, come on, man, let's be honest. I'm, yeah, I've been playing this game long enough to know, like, that's the right pick. And I've said it numerous and numerous of times that, you know, what you're not going to get out of me as a disgruntled person. You know, Mac and Cheese is a person who is, ever since I've seen him, has came on into the locker room with the business approach you know, doing the initiatives of, of, of learning his teammates, understanding that, you know, I got to raise my level of play, you know, from the collegiate level to the professional level. And I'm here for him. And as well as he is here for me, just like, you know, Stidham, just like uh, Brian Hoyer. It's no different. You know, our, our job is to be the best player that we could possibly be for the New England Patriots. No matter what is asked of us, it's our job to be that. So uh, that's what it pretty much comes down to. So when, 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 Mac was picked, you know, there was no type of ill will feelings and there's still no ill will feelings uh, because, you know, competition breeds out the best in everybody. Cam, do you look at him, though, as competition or do you feel like, you know, you have the confidence of who you are and that QB1 is still what you are? Man, I look at everybody as competition. I look at y'all as competition. You know what I'm saying? So you talking to a, a competitor, you know, I look for any and everything to drive me and, and to push me to to my greatest self. So, you know, you know, no, no type of clickbait to just say, you know, oh my God, mac and cheese or, you know, can views him as, as competition. I look at everything as competition. I look at last season's production as competition, you know? So yeah, I, I take it personal. Yeah. I take it, you know, in a, in a way that I know who I am, you know, at time, you know, at times I do for, you know, remind myself people forget who you are and what you've done. So now, you know, I'm in, I'm in a position now where, you know, I need to be my best self and, and, and it's really put up a shut up time. Are you still that guy? I mean, you know, you sound like it. Are you still that guy early in the season before you dealt with COVID? There were signs of that player that we, you know, we grow to love in the NFL. Like, do you really feel physically, mentally you're still that guy? I think it, it it's, it's no it's no proving that right now, you know, and and that's where that's where I'm at mentally. That's where I'm at, you know, and understand understanding that you know now with you know multiple well I say a couple months before the season everybody's looking for something to 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 get excited about or rave about or just say oh man that's BS who you know we don't need him to be talking like this or he doesn't need to be talking like this in early July but. 
you know, the truth is, is, is I'm doing everything that I know to get myself to the position where I, I know where I need to be. And, and that's just to put this team in the best situation to win football games. And that's all that matters. What a response to those. I, I thought he was great, Key. I thought the answers that he gave were, were genuine, were honest, and was a great look into where he is right now in his career. That is Straight Talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. No contract, no compromise. We'll get more. We'll discuss more about Cam, what he said, and the season ahead of him later on in the show. But coming up next, will we finally get the CP3 performance in the NBA Finals we've all been waiting for? We'll answer that after telling you about Goodyear. So Goodyear knows when the playoffs heat up, so do the possibilities. The underdogs begin to emerge, and the top seeds are solidifying their position. From here on out, every game is a chance to create momentum, to make the right pass, the right move, to hit the perfect shot. It takes momentum to build up to the moment, but it takes everything to capture it. Goodyear, more driven. The two X factors are Drew Holiday and Chris Paul. You're not exactly sure what you are going to get offensively from those two. But the only way we can win this series is to get a win on the road. So we got to find a way to get this one next. This is Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Support for this podcast and the following message comes from Wise, the account that helps you manage your money all around the world. Dining in dollars, doing business and bot, wherever life takes you, the Wise account helps you send, spend, and receive in different currencies fast. Wise is the easy way to connect all of your finances internationally. Buying that dream property in Portugal? Done. Freelancing in France? No problem. Sending money back to mom? Simple. All without hidden fees or exchange rate markups. Minimum fees, maximum ease, full speed. Join 16 million customers and learn how the Wise account could work for you by downloading the app or visiting wise.com slash unsportsmanlike. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Summertime, baby. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance. All guests join us on the Goodyear Hotline. Yes, coverage game five, NBA Finals tomorrow night, 8 p.m. Eastern right here on ESPN Radio to talk about it more with us. We go to the Goodyear Hotline. Frank Isola, you see him on Around the Horn often. Also, Yes Network and um, the host of the starting lineup on Sirius XM NBA Radio in a little bit. So he joins us right now this morning. Frankie, good morning. How you doing? Boys, what's going on? How you guys doing? What's happening, Frank? Getting I'm, ready for the summer. Yeah, I'm already ready for the summer. Yes, you are. I can feel if it. My toes I love are... how he's West Coast. He's West Coast Keyshawn, who's become East Coast Keyshawn. Oh, no, nah, that, that's, not, that's not true. <laughs> don't, don't start lying to yourself, Frank. Dude, I've seen you strutting around the South Street Seaport. You fit in right with New York. Even, come on, man. Even you know that. You're more of a New Yorker than a California know what, guy. You know, what, you, know what, you know why he's so New York, Frank? Because he's miserable every day. That, that Like, he's already, <laughs> like, right? Like, he fits in because he just complains about everything. He's like, yeah, you hate it so much that you love it. But he fits in. Yeah, well, that, yeah, that's why his attitude it resonates with me. It was funny. One day we're in the South Street uh, we're in the studio there, and Tony Reality is way too loud. All of a sudden, you just hear, "Will you guys shut up?" I turn around; it's Keyshawn walking. <laughs> you're screaming and hollering. Speaking of being not happy about something, I'm not happy about this 
comparison of the Giannis block versus the LeBron James 2016 playoff block. What, what What's your take on it? Is Giannis's, I don't know, better than LeBron's? Is it Does it save the uh, Milwaukee Bucks? Does it change everything? Well, I mean, we do become kind of prisoner of the moment. I, I think that the degree of difficulty probably on Giannis is because he's recovering and then he's, you know, you know, getting up high, and not many guys in the NBA could do what he did. We have seen guys like Tayshaun Prince mm-hmm. chase down Reggie Miller, but come on now. LeBron's block happened in a Game 7 in the NBA Finals against a 73-win uh, Golden State Warrior team. The game was tied at that point. Remember, if DeAndre Ayton converts that dunk, it's still a tie game, so that's not to say that uh, Milwaukee's going to lose. It was an unbelievable play. I don't think there's many guys in the league that could make it. Plus, guys, remember... You know, the series started without not even knowing if Giannis was going right. to play, and here he is making one of the most athletic plays you're ever going to see in an NBA Finals game. I'm still going to put the LeBron one first just because of the impact that it had in that moment under the circumstance. And think about it, Frank. Next time you see the highlight, look at LeBron's face and heck, head and neck all go yeah. back because he was getting ready to face plant right into the <laughs> backboard and shatter it. You're right. And also, you know, let's remember, too, I know LeBron is trying to say that the last year's win in the bubble was his greatest win. I think he said his chef wasn't there. That's why it was one of the challenges. Come on, man. Him winning with that Cleveland team, coming back from 3-1 down against that Golden State team, that, that team won 73 games. Not, not, you know, the Phoenix team is terrific, but the 73-win Warriors, that's at a different level. Plus, they already won a championship. That win for LeBron is everything about his legacy and his career. I completely agree. You know, not having your chef and masseuse in the bubble, I mean, it's, it's an inspiration yes. to be able to. Keyshawn would know about that. He's, you know, a big hotshot uh, NFL football player. <laughs> no, Frank, I cook myself. I'm my own chef. Nice. Actually, yeah, yeah he is nice. a foodie. Um, all right, Save so money. another thing that, uh, by the way, Frank, another thing that, that Key doesn't agree with me about, um, although I guess we agree on the block thing. I mean, we completely agree that, that the block was a great play, but you don't please don't put it in comparison to LeBron's because of the context of when it happened. But I, I looked at Chris Paul's game in game four, and I know you know this too. Going into the finals, there was talk about ligament damage to his shooting hand, and the time off actually helped him uh, you know, kind of recover a little bit for it. He had a terrific game one, a really good second half of game two, but his game four was not good. The turnovers, he even talked about it. He didn't look good. Is it a credit to the Bucks defense on him, or are we thinking maybe there's some issues with him with that hand that he's not handling the ball well because of it, and that impacted the way he played? Yeah, that one turnover that came. Remember, they uh, Giannis blocked the shot. Bucks came down. Uh, Chris Middleton missed two shots on the same possession, and then it was that Chris Paul turnover where he kind of slipped. So obviously, his hand has to be bothering him. I thought Mike Breen at one point mentioned that he was grabbing his hand. But let's give Drew Holiday credit. Drew Holiday can't make a shot. He was 4 for 20. But the dude is built like a linebacker. He's big and strong. I think he's starting to wear down Chris Paul. You know, Chris Paul, the first 15 playoff games that he appeared in this postseason, he had 24 turnovers. He has 15 in the last three games. So clearly something is going on there. So it's got to be a combination of Drew Holiday's defense but you know, Chris Paul isn't one hundred percent, and I, you know, at this point, he's not going to tell anybody, nor is anyone going to feel any sympathy for him. But that's something that they have to figure out because Phoenix outplayed Milwaukee, and I thought Devin Booker was outstanding. I mean, when he had the eighteen points in the third quarter, and I'm like, this guy's going to get fifty. And I know lightning may strike me when I say this, but there were times in that third quarter 
I'm like, he, he reminds you of Kobe Bryant. He's just taking his man, uh, backing him down, twisting, turning, hitting these like incredible fadeaway jumpers because the defense was actually pretty good on him. But he was just making really tough shots. And I thought the big moment of the game was that fifth foul when he had to go to the bench. I think he sat for 455. Now, when he came back, they still had the lead. But he was on such a roll. That fifth foul was huge. Frank Isola, Net, Yes Network studio host and around the horn panelist joining us this morning on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Frank, you made, you talked about Devin Booker, and you, we talked about how he's is emerging and be legendary and all of those sort of things. In game three, he was 3 of 14, 10 points. They basically shut him all the way down. He bounced back with a ridiculous 40-plus point game. Is he a superstar or is he a star? Right now in the I, NBA. Yeah, see, I, I think he's on the verge of becoming a superstar. I do the show with Brian Scalabrine, and Brian's like, I don't think he could ever win MVP. I said, why not? He could, I mean, he's already scored 70 points in a game, and I know that was in a loss. I think he's completely kind of changed the way that he thinks about the game, the way that he plays. It's not just about a scoring. He's trying to win. I think he has the right attitude, the right kind of game. I love the way that he looked walking off the court. After the game, the guy is all business. He even wears a suit now to every game. I think that, like, he wants to change everything about him. I don't know. I For him to bounce back the way that he did <laughs> he in that game four said everything. And, Keyshawn, I thought this, and Alan knows about this, that was a sixth foul on him. I'm thinking, what oh, does yeah. the dude have to do to get a sixth foul? Does he have to hit somebody <laughs> in the head with a lead pipe? I mean, <laughs> yeah, he, he, it was a superstar non-call, He right? even went to the bench. It was Guys, a make-up he call. went to the bench at one point because he thought he fouled out. Yeah, but that was, but that, he picked up three fouls. After he picked up his fifth, and he wasn't called for and one. He wasn't called for one. But, of the, but yeah. Frank, that was a makeup call on the PJ Tucker nudge when yeah, PJ went flying come half on, court. That wasn't, but that wasn't like a touch foul. I mean, he yeah, but it was a make it was a makeup call because it. you think about it, it was a makeup call because earlier he touched PJ Tucker and PJ Tucker went half to all the way to half okay. court. So the ref okay. basically you know said, "We're going to take Jay care of Crowder, that." Every time Jay Crowder gets touched, he's flopping all over the court. So PJ Tucker said. Okay, I'm now going to flop, and the referees were put in a position where they had to call it. I understand what you're saying, but that's six foul on him. I don't know how they didn't call it. And by the way, Phoenix was up two at the time. So if Giannis didn't get that put back, Phoenix comes down and scores. And if Phoenix had won the game, that whole sequence would have been the story of the game. Thankfully, that's not what you know. That's not what we're all focused on. It's other stuff that happened in what was a great game four. But that was uh, I've seen some. Like strange calls over the years, that one goes right into the top five, in my opinion. Who who has the edge in Game Five Saturday night on ABC ESPN Radio? Uh, Frank in Phoenix It's probably two hundred degrees mm. in Phoenix right now. But who has the edge? <laughs> I'm going to give it to Phoenix because I do think offensively. I uh, even though I love the way Middleton played, I think Devin Booker is the best offensive player in the series. I think the fact that they're at home, obviously they've been a very good home team. The only thing about Milwaukee, and I thought this you know, at those net games. I thought at some point they were going to take a road game. There's just something about the team. They drive you nuts when you watch them play. The beginning of that game, it was insane with the poor shots that they were taking. Giannis, who dominated the paint, now all of a sudden he's taking these, you know, three-point shots, which he shouldn't be doing. But at some point, Milwaukee, I still think they're going to find a way to get a road win here. But I do think that Phoenix does have the edge in game five. Yeah, it's all about, so far, it's always been about the home team. Hey, Frank, is there concern about USA basketball right now going into this Olympics? Not necessarily. I mean, yes, the, the losses were the concern 
I think Pop was suggesting some guys weren't really in the best shape while the teams they played. Nigeria certainly looked like a team that was in great shape, and Mike Brown did a great job with them. But now also with Bradley Beal and, and the COVID concern, now he's now off the roster. It's one less guy, one less you know, all-NBA talent on that roster. Should we be concerned going into this Olympics, whether or not they can get the gold? I, I think they have to be concerned. I have to think that Greg Popovich, you know, I was there in 04 when, you know, Greg Popovich was the assistant to Larry and they lost three times in Athens. That was a really young team that they had, you know, LeBron, Dwayne Wade, Carmelo were coming off their rookie years. I think you have to be concerned because, you know, what if they played Slovenia and Luka Doncic just had a, a crazy game where he went for 35 in a 40-minute in a game? He's obviously capable of doing that. And Bradley Beal is certainly a top-six player on the team that he's going to be out. Kevin Durant must be thinking, do I need this aggravation? I've already won two Olympic gold medals. I just came off a series, which I should. My team is healthy. We have the best team in the NBA. We better not go all the way to Tokyo and lose the darn gold medal. But remember, you know, before they won that game the other night, they had lost four or five games, if you include the, the last two, uh, you know, two of the games over in chi- uh, China for the World Cup and then the two exhibition games. And Greg Popovich is going to be a lot of pressure on him. I mean, I, listen, he's had an outstanding career as an NBA coach, but as a national team coach, they finished seventh at the FIBA World Cup, and now you're going into the Olympics where, yes, you're still the favorite, which actually puts a little bit more pressure on them. So could they get picked off? Absolutely. I don't think it's such a sure thing as it was the last couple of times we went to the Olympics, that's for sure. Do you think that – are we losing the novelty again, just like that, that team I – mean, you remember, obviously, the dream team – uh, you know, you had a couple of those Olympics where all the superstars wanted to play. They all wanted to be part of it. Everybody's all in. It feels like the novelty's wearing off. I understand this is, you know, extenuating circumstance because of the short off season and the way That's the right. NBA season went. But, I mean, will we see it again in the next Olympics where the great, all the top players, I doubt we'll see LeBron again. We'll probably never see LeBron in the Olympics again. But still, the top players will be in it. KD's in it, but we are missing a lot of the big names. Yeah, and I think the disappointing one, but I understand it to your point, is a guy like Steph Curry who's accomplished everything in his career. The only thing he hasn't done, he hasn't played for the national team in the Olympics, which having an Olympic gold medal is a pretty cool thing. I do think it'll eventually get back to that. I'm always of the belief, you know, what they're trying to do is make the Olympic tournament not as big as the World Cup. FIBA is trying to do what FIFA does, where the Olympics for soccer, remember, for the men, it's a U23 tournament, and you're allowed, I think, to have two, three, or four wildcard players who are above the age of 23. Maybe that's something they should adopt for the basketball as well, where, you know, it's a U23 tournament and give each team two, three, or four wildcards, players that are over that, and maybe that would change it up. Maybe it would actually make it a little bit more competitive. Mm As well, I do think to your point. I think because the last two years with what's gone on in the NBA short off season, I think that's one of the reasons why a lot of these star players, including Steph Curry, is probably thinking, you know what, I want to gear up for next season. I'm going to get Clay Thompson back. We got the high draft pick. Maybe we'll make a trade. Maybe we could really make a run for it next season. I think that's why Steph Curry didn't want any part of it. I completely agree with you there. Yeah, LeBron, you know, Kobe, they were sort of the the leaders of getting everybody back together and doing this thing yep. uh, again. And now, with the, obviously, uh, those two guys aren't part of it. You wonder who are going to be the ones that are the magnets that attract the stars and say, yeah, we want to be part of this too. I just thought it was something to keep an eye on. We certainly will. Frank, good to talk to you, my man. Thanks so much. All right, Frank. Good talking to you guys. Keyshawn, stay miserable, man. It's the way to go. <laughs> it's the way to be. <laughs> I'm not miserable. <laughs> Frank Isola, you see him on the round the horn. He joined us on the Goodyear Hotline. Brought to you by Goodyear, helping you discover the road ahead. 
Goodyear more driven. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin, presented by Progressive Insurance, cars, homes, boats, motorcycles, RVs, and more at Progressive.com. Road to camp. We continue it with another question for you this morning, Keyshawn. Mm-hmm. So how about let's talk about teams we might be sleeping on this season. You can join the conversation, 888-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Also hit us up at KeyJNZ on Twitter to answer this question. If we're missing any teams, you let us know. Teams we're sleeping on this season. I will begin with a team that you haven't been exactly positive about, the Arizona Cardinals. We sleeping on them? I don't think Could you're... they be good? I... Can they win nine games? Yes. Well, that's... Can they be over 500? Yes. Are they a strong playoff contending team that can make some noise because they acquired A.J. Green along with – uh, JJ Watt, JJ Watt, right? Yeah, I mean, I guess they could, but it's a tough division. Yeah, when you stack from top to bottom in that division with Seattle, San Francisco, and the Rams, uh, who I predict is probably going to finish in third place despite going out and getting Matthew Stafford, doesn't mean they're not going to win twelve, eleven games. It just means that they're going to finish in third place, in my opinion. It's going to be a good division, which right. is a great division. And so when you look at Arizona. You know, I like Kyler Murray for this system. I like, obviously, what they do in terms of getting guys numbers and things of that nature. I just don't think offensively it works in this league full times. It put too much pressure on the defensive side of the ball. So, no, I wouldn't say that we're sleeping on them at all. Okay. How about the Baltimore Ravens? Sleeping on them in that division I think you. Where I think, we're not really talking about them a lot right now. I think you are sleeping on them. It's interesting because all we did as as – sports analysts or whatnot is complain about the lack of passing game, the lack of weapons on the perimeter. They went out and got Sammy Watkins in free agency. They drafted Rashad Bateman out of Minnesota. That's what we were screaming at. They took him at 27, I think it was, in the draft. So they've upgraded that position. They got two new receiver coaches to come in and teach those guys how to play. Um, Lamar Jackson is now taking snaps from underneath the center. So he's getting into some sort of, if you want to call it, traditional style offensive system to a degree along with his matching his skill set. So I think people are sleeping on them a little bit. They lose obviously a few players on the defensive side of the ball, but they still got shut down corners. I mean, I, I'm not sleeping on them, but I'm sure people out there well, are. All we're talking about is the Cleveland Browns, right? All we're talking about is the Cleveland Browns and what they can be. I mean, you're either talking about the Cleveland Browns or you're talking about what Pittsburgh doesn't have. Yeah. Yeah. Right. The other end of it, but we aren't really saying a lot about the Ravens. You know, again, Lamar Jackson, Dobbins, that running game is really good. The offensive line is very good. Their defense is every year uh, always good. So that's a team I think we're sleeping on. All right. So you agree on that one. How about the Minnesota Vikings sleeping on them? I feel like this is the, the, it's all or not. Like this is the year it has to happen for them. If it's ever going to happen. with well, And you're right. But Minnesota's a heartbreakers. The Vikings yeah. are heartbreakers and Kirk cousins continue to cash in. He hasn't been able to get them over the hump. Yeah. They've won a couple playoff games in his tenure along with Mike Zimmer at the coaching uh, as the coach. But when you look at it, it's just one of those deals where every single year we anoint them as one of the top dogs coming out of the division. And all of a sudden, they lose clunkers in games that they shouldn't lose, and they make a late run during the season. They get their stuff together, but by the end, their wins, they haven't been able to stack up the win total, so they wind up looking like a bad team going into the offseason. I think that when you talk about Justin Jefferson and Thielen and you look mm-hmm. at Dalvin Cook and Kirk Cousins, the defensive side of the ball, so much, they've so upgraded, they think, in the secondary, which was one of their problems early last year, missing players in and out of the lineup. So when you talk about that, you think, okay, I don't know that we're sleeping on them. I just don't know where they 
they're you don't at trust right them. now. You don't, don't trust know where them they're at. to believe in them. I mean, only if they're playing the Saints do they ever <laughs> pull off those kind of upsets. Um, let's take a call. 888-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Trey is in Little Rock. Who do you got for us, Trey? Who are we sleeping on? Hey, what's up, y'all? What's up? What's up, man? Man. Hey, what, what are we going to do this year, man? What the Cowboys going to do, man? Are we huh. sleeping on the Cowboys? I'm not sleeping on them. I don't think you're sleeping on them. I think people, it's, it's one of those, yeah, 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 and then all of a sudden they let you down in the end. It's not what you thought. And I think this is the actual I think year. Lewis, Lewis Riddick was the one when we asked him about the Cowboys. And he well, shot that's that the down. thing. It's he, just you're tired. Washington of, is that you're team. tired of praising them in the in the preseason, and then all of a sudden at the end of the year they're sitting here with us. I think that's what it is. It's America's team. They re-signed Dak Prescott. They got Ezekiel Elliott back in the fold. We know what they have on the perimeter in C.D. Lamb and Amari Cooper. Uh, Gallup, Michael Gallup is there. So the three receiving cores put together. The defensive side of the ball, they went out and got Michael Parsons. They signed Dan Quinn to be their defensive coordinator. We know what Dan Quinn is built his resume on in the National Football League up in Seattle with Bobby Wagner and that group, mm-hmm. what Atlanta was able to do early on in his coaching career on the defensive side. So all of that, all of that now is the hype. Mm-hmm. And if they don't win 12 or 13 games and win the division running away, yeah, it, it'll just be all for nothing. And it, Which is what – that's what we always deal with the Cowboys is, is the hype and does it ever live up to the hype. Maybe this season it finally does. Dale in Virginia has a team. I feel like it, I feel like it is, though. I do. I really yeah. do. Right. I think so. Dale has another interesting team here that we might be sleeping on. Go ahead, Dale. Hey, good morning, man. I good think morning. we're sleeping on the Washington football team. No, I don't think I'm sleeping. we're sleeping on the Washington I, no, football no, no, team. No. You might not be. No, but I don't us. think – Yeah, we're, we're not – but we're saying to everybody. I agree with Dale. I think Washington is a team that we don't talk about a lot because Ryan Fitzpatrick's the quarterback. Yeah, I was going to say the offense isn't sexy. I mean, you've got a, a coach who obviously knows what he's doing. You, you have a coach in Ron Rivera and, and another coach, a former coach of Jack, Jack Del Rio, Del Rio running the right. defense. The defense is solid and sound and does everything. And Ron Rivera's on our show, oh, I don't know, a month or so ago, and we mm-hmm. talked about Ryan Fitzpatrick at the quarterback spot. And I'm a strong believer in if you have a solid defense – and a quarterback that will not make the mistakes at crucial times, and you can run the football, that is a recipe for major success. I don't know if they have that, though, on the offensive side. I I don't know. I got to see it. I just got to see it because I certainly can see it with the Dallas Cowboys. I can even smell it and see it with the New York Giants. But I can't see it quite yet with the Washington football team. So you want evidence. Yeah, that's what you want. You want evidence. Real quick, John in Chicago. Curious to see who John's going to ask us. Quickly, John. Hey, guys. Love the show. Thanks for having me on. And what about the Chicago Bears? I know it's been all gloom and doom, but are we really that scared of the Green Bay Packers without Aaron Rodgers, the Detroit Lions who can't get out of their own way, and the Minnesota Vikings with Kirk Cousins? It all, start, it all starts and stops with Matt Nagy it, it, in in, in Chicago, what is Matt Nagy going to do at the quarterback spot? Yep. Are we playing games or are we just going to roll it out and let Justin Fields take us to the promised land? Is that defense good enough that you can have just a, an average? Like the Cowboys could be an average defense and the offense is good enough. Flip it. If Chicago has – is their defense good enough that your offense could be like 16th in the league and good enough? A lot of questions to ask, a lot of questions to answer. What teams are we sleeping on? We'll continue that next.
Reggie White, who's a defensive end for the Green Bay Packers, says that the firebombing of his church in Knoxville, Tennessee this week was the work of racists who may have been trying to hurt him. First there was one fire, then there was another, then there was another. It wasn't just Reggie's church that burnt down. Hundreds of churches burned in the 90s. I think we have a major problem in our country that we don't want to admit, and that has to do with racism. Was this 1996 or 1956? 30 for 30 podcast and Antsgate presents Through the Flames. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts.